Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We hope the Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media. And the Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com slash theringer. This week's episode of the JJ Reddick podcast with Tommy Alter. Very shortly, we're going to be joined by this week's guests, Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. They gave us about an hour of their time. It's a fun conversation. Before we get to that, obviously, we're still quarantined. We're still social distancing. Tommy, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit with, with Megan and Sue, but how are, how are you holding up, bud? I'm fine, all things considered. You know, I think that we're all in this together. Uh, two of us are... F- Listeners who have been great sending suggestions. We're going to get into City of Thieves on another episode, but keep sending books, keep sending shows, things like that. I think it's a it's a very distressing time in a lot of ways, uh, obviously. And I think that you know we just got to kind of keep a positive attitude. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm you know family time. I'm just like focusing on on what I can kind of control. You know, I think all of us we have like our good days and bad days. I think just kind of locking in with with my family has been uh, has been really nice. We brought this up our this week's power rankings uh, a few days ago. You know this about me. I am a huge serial fan. Huge. I basically survived the first 12 years of my life by refusing all of my mother's healthy food for dinner and then sneaking in bowls of cereal late at night. I realized the other day, you know, where you go to you go to the grocery store now and it's like there's lots at least where where we are, like there's lots of fresh food, but then, but the then cereal's like, gone. The box food's gone. I can't. Gone. You can't yeah. find Honey Nut Cheerios anywhere right now. I was at the store last night, and that that, that was exactly what that was exactly the case. Like you could find any, like at least the two places we've been, you could find any meat. If you go the right time of day, the produce shelves are completely stocked, but there's no tricks. There's no twists. Yep. All yep. right. So I'm going to start. I'm going to give you mine. And I, I'd love to get some of your thoughts on this. Okay. Okay. So my favorite cereal of all time is Life, the original Life, not the Cinnamon Life, the original Life. It's my favorite cereal. I put my two boys on it. They love it. Uh, phenomenal stuff. Can I, can I ask yeah, you one question ahead. about these rankings? Yeah. And I have my list, obviously. Yeah. Are we saying just the best tasting cereal or the best cereal overall? And by that, I mean there are certain cereals which are just a lot healthier and you can have every day. You can have life every day. That's what I'm saying. But, but so no one's but, stopping me from eating life. Every Cause day. life is okay. You can keep going, keep going, keep going. I don't think life is, right. I, I don't think life is a top five cereal, but keep going. That's blasphemous. Okay. All right. We're okay. I can't wait to hear you talk about your love of raisin bran. Um, <laughs> number two for me is O's. Do you remember O's? I don't even yep. know if they make O's anymore. I've never had it, but I know they exist. It's described on Wikipedia as uh, the pieces are crunchy corn and oat rings filled with graham cracker bits, crispy rice and honey. Um, the one thing about O's is you really need to let the milk soak in them for about three to five minutes before you start. 
because similar to Captain Crunch, they will destroy the roof of your mouth. Um, number three to me, easy choice, Cracklin' Oat Brand. Uh, could have made an argument for Cracklin' Oat Brand being number one, but there's nothing better when... Not a good argument, but you could have... Five minutes into a bowl of Cracklin' Oat Brand, when the milk has really saturated the, the pieces of cereal... And they're yeah. like almost soggy. It's some of the best bites. Of I food would, there is. I would say, I would say the best cereal. You don't need five minutes to wait, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Number four for me is honey bunches of oats. I love honey bunches of oats. Uh, any variety of it. Uh, they've made a bunch of them. I'm all good. Honey Bunches votes. Uh, the original is my favorite. And number five, I don't know if you remember this, but rice crispy treats made oh, of, of cereal. Yes, I used to have this all the time. It, this is what I'm talking they about. Tricked, they tricked parents into like they still make this though. There's like a Reese's Puffs yeah. cereal that's just like Reese's, yeah. uh, it's just so terrible. But right, Rice Krispie Treats that was the one that I got. So growing up on my birthday, you I got had to pick one box of cereal. I would say most years I picked Rice Krispie Treats cereal. That's a it's a it's an it's an incredible cereal. You can't have it for more than three or four days, or you're going to you get up. sick. Uh, but taste wise, there's just no, there's no disputing it. I think it's a fine list. There's no disputing what rice krispie treat cereal. They're incredible. It's a fine list. Yeah, it's a fine list. I think it's. I, think, I feel like I, I, I feel like I think it's you have not told me your list. But if I, I had to make a prediction, I think you're going to go with all of the fucking standbys. I think you're going to go with all of the shit that everybody else says. You're going to say Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, No Lucky Charms, Raisin Bran, Frosted Flakes. All right, go ahead. Well, you just actually, you actually predicted some of these, which is fine okay. because you got to go first, but I'm start, number five is Raisin Bran. Here's the argument for it. I don't think Raisin Bran is a top five tasting cereal. I think you can have Raisin Bran every day and it's good. So that's number five. Okay. Number four, Honey Nut Frosted Flakes. Classic. Number three, uh, Trix Fruit Shaped Corn Puffs. Wait. Honey nut frosted flakes are classic. Yeah, classic, classic. So, so basically, honey bunches of oats. I mean, I mean I basically at, the same cereal. I see the name. I like, see the name as honey think, nut frosted flakes. You can I, you can make okay. whatever judgment you want. When I'm buying it, I'm saying honey nut frosted flakes. That's it. Okay. Number three, three. tricks fruit shaped corn puffs. Fantastic. Number two, honey nut Cheerios. Another I can't classic take you standard. seriously right now because you somehow put raisin bran in the top five with that bullshit. Hold on, number three. hold on. <laughs> what number this? one? Number one, you're gonna like this one. Wait, was number two honey nut Cheerios? Yep. Okay. Number one, best cereal, cinnamon toast crunch. It is a solid, it is an excellent cereal, which you can have every day. If you put cinnamon toast crunch with some milk and some fruit. Let me, let me make my argument against cinnamon toast crunch. There's so many knockoff versions of it. It's, there's nothing unique about cinnamon toast crunch. You go to any whole foods, you can get three different. How does that make, how does that make it a knockoff? There's, there's a thousand knockoffs of Gucci bags. If you walk, if you walk into Chinatown, it doesn't mean the Gucci bag is not nice. All right. please, listeners, please send in to JJ all of your favorite cereals. He spends a lot of time thinking about this, and I think he'll appreciate it. I, uh, I just would just say O's can't replicate it. Cracklin' Oak brand can't replicate I don't it. Know, O's don't even exist uh, anymore, right? I don't think I've ever had them, nor will I. They don't exist. I think they stopped making them in 2018. There's, there's been some controversy surrounding the uh the uh recipe for cracklin oat brand as well what's your this is not this is not cereal and i'm not trying to make the comp but what's your feeling on oatmeal it's phenomenal 
I love oatmeal. I, I have oatmeal during the season. I have oatmeal almost every morning for breakfast, a little peanut butter, a little honey, blueberry. I like your list. I, I think your list doesn't make sense. In what part of, of my list? I, what part I of my actually, list doesn't make any sense? I don't even know what number three is, but it sounds like the most unhealthy cereal. So you can't make an argument because there's bran in a cereal and raisin bran. You said raisin bran is not even a good tasting cereal, you're, but you can eat it every day. You can eat whatever not, cereal you it, want every day. He, no, you cannot. You can't One eat rice, bowl of cereal. You, can, you can't right eat the rice. You go to bed. You can't eat that rice krispies treat cereal every day, or you're gonna okay, get that, you're gonna be nine hundred pounds. That, I'll give you that. You can't eat cinnamon. You can't eat cinnamon toast crunch every day. You can't eat honey nut Cheerios every day. I don't really think crunch is, is, is a fine choice. It's a safe choice. That's all I'm saying. It's a safe. I choice. think you're. I think the logic that because people have knocked it off takes away its number one status is crazy. It's not their fault. People knock off great brands all the time. It's America. I just. I, I said. I think it's. I think it's the Toyota of cereal. Um, let's get to our guest this week. This is a fun conversation. Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. All right, we are now joined by Megan and Sue. Guys, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for your patience. We had about 15 minutes just now of technical difficulties. <laughs> 25 minutes. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, and I also delayed it twice, so I'll take, I'll take an L on that one. Sorry about that. How is, how's your social distancing going? Pretty good. We're, we're kind of chilling. I mean, we're lucky. We're kind of holed up together and uh, in a good spot and whole foods is pretty close. So we go at the right times, but yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty much chilling. It's totally weird and bizarre, but yeah, we were kind of on it early. Sue was in Seattle, like when it was all happening. So as she moved East, she was, I was like, we got to get to the paper. Yeah. <laughs> she was doing I'm like, everyone's yeah. taking it. I don't yeah. know why, but we just need some too. Yeah. It's, it's weird. So, it's, it's weird how people in different parts of the country just picked up on it differently. Yeah. Like people, everyone in Seattle and, and honestly, people in New York too knew about it. And now it's like, I mean, we've, we're talking about the people on the beaches in Florida last week. We're still there and they were still kind of hanging out doing spring break. And you're like, listen, man, like, you're not, <laughs> this yeah. is not a, this is not a positive. No, yes. this is like, some people are like hoarding toilet paper and other people are licking bottles at Walmart. <laughs> what are we doing? It's like a total My lesson way. on human nature. Like what people believe, they just don't believe stuff until they actually like can see it or feel it. I, when yeah. I like, uh, like Megan was just saying, when I came East, I was telling my friends, I was like, guys, I was like, don't go into the city anymore. Like, like stay out. it's going to be, they're like, Oh, I just have lunch with a friend. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then, you when know, did fast you forward to decide to come back East. When did you make that? It decision? was already planned. Not yet. It was already okay. planned. I was like coming back here for other stuff. But even in that week, I was like, should I go? Should I stay? Like, will Seattle be like ahead of not the actual curve, but like ahead of, you know, will it be better there eventually before, you know, it'll get worse. I was, I don't know. So eventually I just came and then now I've just stayed. Now we're stuck. Yeah. yeah. Now we're just here. Now we're chilling. Do you guys, do you guys have kids or dogs or no. anything like that? No, that would be, yeah. Nothing. Just us. Nothing. Thank God. Yeah. I'm, that would just be like way stressful. At, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. That's what I was yeah. just going to say. How are you doing? I know. So jealous of, I love being a dad. I love being a dad. Everybody knows that. I love my kids, but I do feel like I would be um, way more productive right now in in this scenario if I did not have two boys under six years old. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is really frustrating for me is I just can't 
find time to binge watch Tiger King. Like it's it's actually. <laughs> I know. We need, have you guys watched it? <laughs> I've only seen episodes, and I have only seen one. Yeah, I've only seen one. We just started last night. I know. It is. It's gone to a point where you have to watch it in order to like keep up with conversations. Yeah, in group chats and things. I'm not going to spoil anything. You guys, we're going to call you after you guys have finished it. And <laughs> yeah, all, it, every episode gets better. I think the best description of it is it's like if an entire television show was on cocaine, not like one character, like the entire show just keeps escalating, going and going and going. What else are you guys watching? We just finished the loudest voice. That's what's kept us from uh, the tiger King. So we just finished that, which is like the Roger Ailes Fox news. Yeah. Um, might explain why some people aren't taking it very seriously. Yes. It's good. <laughs> it's good. JJ, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, be angry, Tommy, how far along in Tiger King are you right now? I'm done. I'm done. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're not, we're not, yeah, we're, gonna, we're, we're not spoiling us. We're not spoiling us for them. So we're going to offline about this because it's a, is the loudest voice, the Russell Crowe one yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's Russell Crowe. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I thought it was better than the movie. You saw the yeah. movie, right, JJ? Yeah, Bombshell. The Bombshell? Uh, Bombshell, yeah, yeah. It was amazing, it's, actually. Fox News is really... Can we have a media conversation for a second? <laughs> yes. Megan, yes. Megan, right. and I, Megan and I talk about this a lot. They are still trying to deny that this is a real thing. They're downplaying it. Cities yeah. are going into lockdown all over the place, and they're still trying to deny it. I don't fundamentally understand it. It's like they're at the same time denying that they're denying it while still downplaying it, then telling like, what are you telling people? What are you saying? They're yeah. saying that they didn't say it and they said it. And now they're like, but listen, didn't stay at home. Kind of. Where, where do people source the bad Fox news hot takes? That's what I want to know. Like, where are those things Twitter, everywhere. The other yeah. day I was like, I was like, what what channel? <laughs> I forgot what we were watching. Probably yeah. like CNN. MSNBC. We were like, I was like, what yeah. channel is it? I'm like, should we just go look? We're on there for like a minute, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, it's wild. Just gotta see how the other side lives. Sometimes, you know. How are you? Both of you guys follow the news pretty consistently, politics and otherwise. How are you kind of like maintaining your sanity? Because we're just in it. We're going to be in this for the next month to six weeks at a minimum. How are you sort of like maintaining the amount of consumption of this stuff? Politics is life. And so I feel like for me, the more I know about it, actually the calmer I feel. So with, you know, we're watching governor Cuomo like every morning. It's kind of like 11. Yeah. It's 11. Like he's going to come on and ramble for an hour um, and just like hear the information. And then we're obviously like watching, you know, the, the white house press briefings, which Which are getting insane. There's just, they're they're like pointless at this point. Um, They're not saying anything new, but yeah, just kind of like taking it all into, I feel like we've been like, this is very serious for a long time like for you know basically since you yeah. came to seattle so i'm kind of like i just want to know everything about it and then so when i'm talking to people we're doing all these facetimes and talking to our friends and family or whatever then i kind of like know what to say but yeah it's wild i feel like there is a balance though because part of the fear of this is like uncertainty and so if you go out and just like try to learn as much as you can and you get as much information as you can i think that absolves some of that fear but then mm-hmm. you're sort of towing the line of being obsessed with it and checking yeah. your phone all day long and ignoring your children. Not that I've done that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So we have a lot uh, of time on our hands too. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it is, it is interesting to try to like find that balance a little bit. Um, 
you know, and it, it really in everything, like whether it's the stock market, like checking every day, what is the stock market doing? You know, what is, wh- where's the next epicenter? I know New Orleans right now, mm-hmm. they're saying yeah. is like the next epicenter of it. They think a lot of people maybe brought it in because of Mardi Gras. And now those numbers are now skyrocketing because of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just wild. I feel like um, we watch Cuomo for information and then like, yeah. Now the, the White House pressers are more like SNL skits. Yeah. It's like, what? It's really a shame. And then like SNL the group chat is just like a running out. commentary. Yeah. Oh, SNL would have been having a field day. With the press conferences? Yes. Next level. Oh, it would have been every, level. yeah. Yeah. How is this uh, like affecting your guys' sports seasons? Like what is, yeah. what is like the timeline happening right now? Like Sue, were you, were, you were getting to like ramp up, right? Yeah. 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 I think yeah. we're actually like both in the same boat, both of our seasons in the summer, both were trying to go for the Olympics this summer. So it was awkward for like a week or two where it was kind of like, you knew yeah. you could sense it was getting serious. Like right before the NBA shut down, obviously the NBA shutting down was like, okay. Yeah. But like right before that. And then into that, it was kind of this awkward where like, we couldn't go to the, the gyms were being shut down. So you can't go to the gym. I was like shooting at the park down the street. She was rebounding for me. It was like, you know, we were like desperate measures kind of a thing. And then in some bizarre way, when the Olympics got postponed, it was like a little bit of like, okay. It was like a little bit of relief. Cause now you're not trying, you don't feel this pressure to like be in tip top shape. We still have our leagues to worry about, but I don't see those. I mean, I really don't know, but I don't see yeah. anything happening there until a little bit later. So right now just trying to do what we can, but there's not as much stress as there was a couple weeks ago. Like it's just, yeah, it's, we work out, we try to do what we can. I'm not trying to stress about it. Yeah. What about you? JJ? Are you like yeah. working out? Do you have like a home gym? Do you have a gym in your building? What's I'm I'm in a uh, town in New York. I'm not in New York City, but uh, okay. I, like, I don't have a home gym. And so yeah. when I got up here, I left New Orleans. I drove up here 21 hours last week, and when I got up here, I had no gym equipment. Yeah. So I've just like been doing body weight stuff, which you can only yeah. really get so much. So and much, yeah. so I ordered like kettlebells, uh, power blocks, medicine I did balls. The same thing. Yeah. It was like not a Peloton. I learned my, le- uh, I learned my lesson with the Peloton. <laughs> what does that mean? I got, one for, I got one for my wife. I put it in uh, our guest room in our, in our apartment and it was gone three days later. She put it in the, in the building gym. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, but honestly, like that. that's, you guys make a great point because I think it's natural for us as athletes Cause we're, so we have like this, um, this calendar, right. Especially if we've been doing this like 10, 15 years or whatever, you have a calendar. And so, you know, all right, this is when I have to ramp it up. Yeah. Uh, this is when I can take like a real break. This is when I can take like a partial break and just kind of do, you know, body exercise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so, this is so weird. It's just unprecedented. And I, after the first three days, I was going crazy. And I was just like, you can't like put this on yourself. Like everybody is in the same boat. The second they shut down the practice facilities for us Mm -hmm. and basically said, you guys can't play basketball. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I can relax a little bit. I'm still going to try to stay in shape, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, especially like you're saying, if you've been in it a long time, I mean, I know you're, you're very meticulous from everything I've heard about you, JJ, you're very meticulous and methodical about the way you go through things. And now we're like doing step ups on the coffee table. Also couple that with like no timeline, no idea of like, are we ramping? Are we slowing down? What are we maintaining? And what are we maintaining for? So I feel like we kind of switched to like, okay, let's just do this for wellness and like keep ticking over yeah. with our workouts and do what we can. And if something doesn't work, it's like, yeah, it's I don't think people realize that. And this is definitely coming from like, um, 
I'm in a place in my career where like, I'm not on the court every day. Like if you're like 24, 23, you can probably be on the court every day. So whether it's, you know, for the WNBA, we start in like April for me, I'm like very limited. So now the awkward part, and to your point, your practice facility got closed. Once the parks got closed, I was kind of like, all right, cool. Out of my hands now anyways. Cause like I can only be out there so long in order to be in like my peak performing shape. So now it's like, well, I can't go out there anyway. I don't think people realize sometimes that it is like this huge, this like ramp up that we're all doing to try to be like peaking at the right time. They probably just think we're out there all the time, just like playing no big deal. So no, you would, you would, especially as you get older, you would kill yourself. You would yeah, run yourself yeah. into the ground if you did that. Yeah. yeah. I guess my fear now is if I like pick a date and like, like throw a dart at a calendar, right. And just say like, all right, I think it's going to be May 1st or May 15th. And I do like my normal ramp up and I get like three, four weeks into that. And then all of a sudden they're like, the season's canceled. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I know know it's my job to stay in shape. (laughs) I know. ah, Totally. That's a fear. That is a fear. That's a legitimate fear. (laughs) I know the, like the, the trials of self-motivation right now are so all over the place. Like, if you have a goal and you can like work backwards and set and you can wrap your mind yeah. around it and everything, every day I wake up and I'm just like, ah, I don't want to work out. And then I'm like, I want to work out. It makes me feel better. I don't want to do. <laughs> do you guys have a, do you have a set, do you have a set time you wake up every day? Do you, have you no. like built a calendar yet or no? No way. I'm pretty sure we're on the East coast. I'm like pretty sure we're living on the West coast. Though. Yeah, we're like, we wake up like way late, like watch whatever shows to whatever time, like who yeah. cares? Eat breakfast at like, yeah. Yeah, I know the kids. I know the kids. Yeah. Sorry. I know. We're, we're, we're lucky. We're, we're chilling. <laughs> Hard have you, are the, you the boys the boys actually sleep like right there i don't know mm-hmm. let me see if i can see that yeah you see <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a little double queen bed i'm not really sure it feels small when i crawl at it at 6 15 in the morning every morning yeah. and i'm like oh, you guys you oh, have to sleep for 30 more minutes yeah and i just doze off for 20 more or whatever but <laughs> yeah it's i think the schedule thing by the way i really if this turns out to be like uh like a two month thing, I'm going to need to be on a schedule in the next like two to three days. Otherwise I'm going to go crazy. I really am. Um, you guys mentioned you were getting creative with your workouts and I'm very curious what that means. And for listeners, I'm sure people at home who listen to the pod, I'm sure they would love to get a few, few tips from you guys. If any, any fun exercises besides maybe like jumping jacks and pushups, I don't know what else to do. So before we, before our, our order came through, which was like, (laughs) literally we got like TRX, like a medicine ball, some like weights. I got this like kettleball thing that you can, I have, we actually haven't gotten that yet. It's not really a ball. I can't explain it, but you can adjust the weight. So I'm hoping that works before then we literally got like, so we're doing step-ups on a coffee table. So the coffee table is like only, I don't know, probably like 12 inches high or so. So we're doing step-ups on that holding like I had like a, like a big thermos. I don't know. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Like a big water thermos, <laughs> like, the old school thermos. like the old school ones where you would like, as a kid, you know, like the, the big ones. I had one of those randomly in the closet, filled that with water, weighed it. We're like, all right, this is 10 pounds. Yeah. So we would like hold that and do the step ups. Yeah. Right now there's like a, a gym bag full of water bottles. That's like goblet squat. Just like hold it here. Yeah. Do that. Ooh, oh, we did lunch. We had that on one side. That's yeah. Like good. a gym bag holding yeah. here. And then we had one of Megan's like rollies, like, ro- like carry on suitcases yeah, like filled that shell. with bottles of water. So they were both like 20 pounds. Yeah. And we did lunges in the hallway with those. Yeah. I we mean, had some fails. We tried to like do stairs in our, we're on the yeah. sixth floor of our building and like 
halfway up. I was like, like the my first knees round hurt. I can't. Stairs were like, our knees it's too loud. My knees hurt. I don't. It was terrible. Yeah. Are you guys in a building? You guys are in a yeah. building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we're uh, trying to like do jumps, but like land. Yeah, like quietly. on the carpet very, on a pe- yeah. 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 I'm like <laughs> telling her like I'm like Megan. I know. I know jumping is not a part of your norm. I know. Like, okay, I'm just going to blow me right now. They can deal with it for an hour. <laughs> like, we're not even supposed to vacuum in this building during the day. That's how sensitive, like, everyone is to sound. I know it's wild. That's so. insane. Are you eating out at all or no? Like, like getting like, delivery? We did, like, early on, we did just once. Once. And then for the most part, it's been all cooking. We've been lucky. We've been able to find stuff. The hardest thing to find is chicken. But, Yeah. Pretty much the same, yeah. Everything else, I mean, we're doing dishes like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dishes. Oh, a lot of dishes. A lot of dishes. A lot of coffee. I feel like coffee yeah. has become the new like. Mm, I'm not going to do. I'll have a cup yeah. of coffee. Coffee yeah. and a lot of coffee. Night, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're like mm, might as well. What else are we doing? Tommy, Tommy, are you doing dishes? Yes. <laughs> you guys, you guys have to understand. You all know this about me. I eat out all the time. I'm just like a, a, I'm just, I'm just a brat. And so if it's, <laughs> I've been stuck cooking and I've, I haven't eaten yeah. at all. I mean, I've been cooking, I've been cooking and making stuff for the last, whatever, three weeks since we've been in this and th- it has changed my life completely, probably for the better. I think it's a positive, but it just is a, it's a definite life shift. What's a the go-to dishes. dish right now? There's always a go-to. Oh, I'm embarrassed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly getting creative. Now I have to know. I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly getting creative. I'm just making versions of grilled cheese with different <laughs> things. <laughs> One day with pesto, one day with <laughs> yeah. One, yeah, one we're day, not super creative. Either. Yeah, I'm like I'm, Wait, uh, grilled cheese with pesto. Oh, oh my that's god! The weirdest, that's oh my the god! Grilled, yeah. grilled, grilled, grilled mozzarella pesto mm-hmm. tomato. It's incredible. Hot shot chef JJ, what are you making? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my wife's twin sister and her husband and their kid—they're living with us, so we're all we're we're all cohabitating, which we've actually done before, so it's it's going well. But yeah, last night at dinner, fun, the four right? of us, the, ki- yeah, the kids went to bed, the four of us were having dinner and, um, they all said to me, you know, we feel like we've had a lot of meat this week. Can we, can you <laughs> dial back on cooking the meat? So like I, they, I, I slow cooked like some lamb leg. I slow cooked a pork butt and now they're getting mad at me. So uh, I think they went and got salmon today from the grocery store. So yeah, but uh, we yeah we've cooked every night. Same same to you guys. Like the first night we got here, I got takeout, and I we've we've cooked every meal since then. Yeah. It's been pretty good. I I mean, I feel like I'm eating the same that like how I normally eat. I, I don't. There's not really same. any difference uh, as long as the you know food supply chain continues the way it's going. I think I'll be fine. Really, just need my salad for lunch. Tommy, well, I, mean, I meant to ask you. Yeah. By the way, are do you feel like you're you're like losing your muscle mass? Because I know you worked really hard to get super jacked, and <laughs> I just don't want you to lose that. I mean, it's gonna happen. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm not like I'm not. I had a routine that I did before. Where I would box. I'm like you guys, professional athletes. I would box, and now I can't box. It's not possible. So I just have to sit Order here. Should I get a, just get the big bag? I honestly, we're looking at, I feel like we're looking at, could be like eight weeks here. I probably, I, I probably should get it. I feel like it's, I feel like I can't hurt. When you guys start talking about your workouts, I just have to fade to the background and just like, let you do your thing. It's, <laughs> not, slide it's just not, not a, it's just not at the same level. I have a food question for you guys that we were talking about. Uh, favorite cereals. Can you mm. rank your, can you rank your favorite cereals? 
Yeah, definitely. Because we've, we've been thinking a lot about this. You think about it. Lucky Charms, number one. Oh. And then I would go um, Cookie Crisp is in my top three. Interesting. But then, like, I can always do Honey Nut Cheerios. That's, like, a mainstay. Everybody um, likes Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. So it's, like, it's, like, you don't even want to put it in. It's just, like, an automatic. Yeah. You want to, like, leave the top three open for more creative. But though, And then I really like Cinnamon Life, to be honest. And Cinnamon Toast Crunch, too. But those would be... Those would be my fruit pebbles is good. Ah, definitely yeah. lucky charms. Number one though. Captain crunch, even though it like destroys your mouth. Tricks was so good. Oh, tricks is amazing. Yeah. Cinnamon toast crunch. We had a lot of life. That was like the sort of go between like, okay, here's some sort of sugar, but yeah. it's like, we actually weren't allowed healthy. the sugary cereals. Yeah. What's your, what's yeah. your, ra- probably why I'm obsessed with all the, what's your raisin, good. what's your raisin brand feeling? I mean, it's, that's a, it's doable. I, mean, I like raisin choice. bran. It needs like it's way doable. more raisins than that. JJ's, JJ's made a, JJ's made a face. <laughs> JJ's like he throwing up in his mouth. We, JJ cares about two things in this world besides his family. He cares about cereal and he cares about wine. And if you, <laughs> if you make any comments about either, he gets very judgy. All right, JJ, go, let's hear it. Yeah. You want to know mine? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think I, I, I have to agree with like a, a lot of your list. I think they're all solid choices. Um, Definitely a lot of sugar at the top of your list, Megan. A lot of sugar. <laughs> and lot. Captain Crunch, okay. like, destroys your mouth. It really Crushes, does. Crushes, yeah. Um, like the two bowl one. where you, like, eat the one and <laughs> do you then get you that donut? It and then do you get the voodoo do you, oh, donut? I, no. Here's a question I have for you guys, actually. This is for everybody. But what, what kind of milk do you have with your cereal? Yes, I grew up on skim. I can't even remember the last time I had cereal. I know, we did 2% like, growing up. Yeah, we did skim, like, yeah. growing up. We did so skim 2%. growing up, and now yeah. I only do whole milk. Tommy? Oh, wow. So I do skim, but I've been doing almond milk and oat milk yeah. recently because it lasts longer. Like? It lasts longer. It's fine. It chase, like in the that, cereal. that changes the flavor profile. I think it's, cereal, I think it's fine. It? I don't notice it. Here's the thing. I didn't, I haven't, I don't eat cereal generally. I hadn't had cereal in about three years before the last two weeks, and now I've had it every day, and I've become a, I've, I've become a, I've become, a, I've, become a, I've become obsessed with it again, and I understand why everybody loves it. But I don't taste the difference in the milk. I think you just have yeah. to have. I think it's freakish to not have milk in general, which some people do. I just do cinnamon toast crunch, blueberries, almond milk, or oat milk, and it's good. It's like perfect. I haven't had cereal. The last time I had cereal was so like I said I grew up with all these healthy ones then I went overseas I played in Russia for like 10 years when you could get a box of lucky charm first of all it was like $25 didn't care you get a box of lucky charms or cinnamon toast crunch you like hoarded them it was like a big win a huge win at the grocery store so I literally have not had cereal since Russia and I'm only bringing this up because this entire experience of like isolation you go to the grocery store they might have it they might not and you're kind of just finding way it's like I'm overseas again. I've literally been preparing for this. I didn't even know it. She's totally fine. For like, and I've talked to other WNBA players and they're like, yeah, this is really just like overseas. And I'm like, yes, it is. Now everybody knows. You're totally fine. You're like, so maybe I need to start. Uh, totally. I'm like loving this. I'm like, maybe I need to start smashing cereal again. That's I, would, hilarious. I would kill Lucky Charms overseas. Oh, so oh, good. Great. So good. Was there anything, was there anything overseas uh, you could never get that you just were, were freaking out like, about? Any kind of fresh anything, <laughs> like avocado. If you, if you found an avocado, it was like a baseball. It was so hard. It would take like a month to ripen out to even be useful. And even then it was like, you couldn't get, it was all the fresh stuff. But like, yeah, you might go and they're like, might not have chicken that day. 
that, that was, was just it. like, you're like, all right, I'll go for the, you know, like I'll eat the meat or, you know, you just kind of moved on, but anything fresh, it was always a crap shoot. If you went in there thinking like, Oh, today I'm going to do like a tomato mozzarella salad, like on a bed of with, you might go in and they don't have anything. And you just have to like, totally, ham and cheese. yeah, left turn it and like figure something else out. Literally every trip was different in that way. What was the best part about playing overseas? What, or was, was there a best part? No, there's good parts. There's good parts. It's like you grow up in a different way, like living, being totally in another culture and having to like find your own way. You have a lot of help. Don't get me wrong, but like having to like experience that. I think my, um, understanding and respect for other people, other cultures is the one thing that I got from that experience that I would never trade or never want to trade. It's definitely, um, opened my eyes to so much, just allows you to kind of understand people more or not be as judgmental. Like Americans were so judgmental. I mean, even sitting here, it's like, we don't want to be, but anyone who would come to visit, it was always like, Oh, this, 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 this milk tastes different. Or this Coke, this Coke is weird. Like, what's that? Why are they doing that? Why are you doing that? It's just like, it's kind of natural, but I'm like way less likely to do that now. And it's like totally opened my eyes to a bunch of stuff. So that's like by far the best part. And the money. I mean, the, the rubles aren't so bad guys. Yeah. Thank God yeah. for the Without rubles. The rubles. How, <laughs> how, old, the 10 years. how old were you when you first went? I was, uh, 24, 23 or 24. And how long do you, how long do you think it took you to just like get used to it to like shed that. Yeah. Um, so my very quickly and only because my very first year I was the only American. And so, um, I didn't really have like that other, the other foreigner, she was from Africa. She spoke English and everything, but it wasn't like having an American. So I really like very quickly had to like go with the flow with everybody else on my team. And I had one, one of my teammates was, um, she was Czech, but she like spoke Russian. So she was a lifeline, but very quickly I had to like learn, you know, cause you walk in, you just see like an aisle of, you know, what you think might be milk. Turns out it's like sour cream. Like you have to like figure these things <laughs> yeah. out like very quickly. Um, so right away I knew I had to get in there, but it was great. I mean, tried a bunch of different food, tried, I mean, a lot of vodka shots, they do those like it's, you know, like just like, Hey, how's it going? Shot. Cool. Okay. You know, uh, I have a question for both of you as you guys are, are two of sort of the great world travelers that I know through your profession. If you had to live in any city outside mm-hmm. of the U S I already know. <laughs> Where's your, I would live in Valencia. Valencia? <laughs> yeah. Valencia. I would either live in Valencia, Spain. I could live in some Italy Italian cities as well, but I think Valencia, Spain is like tops on my list. It's like on the water, like great weather, bomb food, just like I like Spanish culture. That would be, and then there's a smaller city called Salamanca that I really like too. But those would be my top two. I feel like it has to be somewhere in Japan. I feel like it has to be like Tokyo or something. Yeah. I mean, food, culture. Yeah. Um, they're not doing handshakes, so yeah. it'd be, you know, much safer. Good fashion. Yeah. Like, cool you city. Megan has I've only like, been to Tokyo once, but like, uh, it was so amazing. It was like the best experience. Yeah. She, she loves the fashion. Ah, I love it. Loves it. And Japanese culture is just cool. I went to Tokyo three summers ago on a, on a guy's trip. There was three of us that went. And, um, we spent five nights in Tokyo, one night in Kyoto came back and it was like a life, it literally was a life changing experience. 
And the second I landed at JFK, I was just like, fuck, I just want to be back in Japan. Like, yeah. It's, Especially it's amazing. Especially back in the JFK. It's like, wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, also, too, like, the tra- the way that traffic works over there, or, like, the flow of, of uh, pedestrians, like, everybody just follows the rules and is respectful of other people. I was, you're, I was in a city of 30 million people for a week, and I did not hear one person honk a car. Oh, it's my God, phenomenal. right? Phenomenal. That was insane. Nobody, I know, run, I nobody that runs out in the middle time. of the, 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 the uh, intersection on a yellow light. Nobody does that. <laughs> Doesn't happen. No, it's just, it's just like things just flow in this really like nice way there. Oh, mm-hmm. so nice. And the food is amazing. The food is, I think, the yeah. food is insane. Yeah, the food is Have ridiculous. you been? Have to you Tokyo? Been? Yeah. yeah. I want I I to go back this year. I was going to go to see you guys. Oh, yeah. In next August. summer. Next summer. Next summer. Yeah. I'm, I might, I might go next summer for sure. Not as a player. You guys. Wait, Sue, wait, 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 wait Sue, 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 you've never been? No, I've never been. I know. China. But not totally That's a little, China's a little different. Is there another place? Is there another place that you've never been that you really want to go to? Yeah. I really want to go to Amsterdam. I've never been. Oh I hear like God. amazing. Yeah. I really want to go. I think Amsterdam would be my Amsterdam would be my place of uh, where I would live. Yeah, I've never been to like Ireland, Amsterdam. Like I've been to London, but most of that area up there, like United Kingdom stuff, I've never been to. Yeah, I got I've heard Croatia is like gorgeous. I've never been to Croatia. What's your What's your What's your spot, Megan? If you know, oh, there's you know so many. Do you want to go to Thailand? I feel like. Uh, yeah, I do. I want to do like Vietnam. Not like I don't want to backpack though. Let's not like get, <laughs> let's not get out of hand here. <laughs> I do. You know, I want to sort of like go in between. Yeah, there's a lot of places in Europe that I haven't really spent time. Like I've been to Europe a lot, but we would go to like the same tournaments over and over. So uh, a lot of places in Spain, like never been to Barcelona or. Valencia, whatever Valencia. you're talking about, all over like Greece and Italy, like haven't got to spend very much time. Really. I feel like I haven't I spent a ton of time in Europe. So, and you're like, oh god, I know, I'm like a thousand times. <laughs> don't we'll want to go. Yeah. Well, do you think? Do you think part of that's because when you're there, you're just locked in? It's like you're playing, yeah. so you're not yeah, really. And we would go to like I've been to you know and you go to certain area in Portugal places. like twelve times yeah. or like you know you certain areas. Yeah, we were seeing London or yeah, yeah, and then we're kind of in lockdown. Like you have one or two days to kind of go out or you'll, we'll like go to dinners and stuff, but you're not like going and like doing stuff. You're not really sightseeing dinners is like the, the only thing that we do domestically or overseas. Sue, you kind of touched on this earlier, but I often actually, I I think about this pretty regularly just about um, sports has allowed me to see and has changed my perception of I'm a, I learned culture anthropology at Duke. And so like you talk about the other, right. And like your perception of the other completely changes. And it's for me, it's literally been because of sports. So I feel like very fortunate because of that. And it's not, I can think of so many times where I traveled for basketball. Right. And you exactly as you described, Megan, you're basically on lockdown. You might have like a two week period and then you have a one day off and that one day becomes like the most meaningful part of the trip. Totally. And just from, I know for me from such a young age, like I went on a trip to like Thailand when I was like 18. So being like Bangkok, you know, and to 
be from a small town in California and go to Bangkok. I was like, holy shit, this is insane. Or to like go to, you know, Shanghai at 17 and just to like be in a totally different culture at such a young age, I feel like was so important because it is like, yeah, you can say like, oh, the, you know, Chinese in the airport, like it's Chinese culture, like, oh, that's rude. It's just like everyone's doing the same thing. Like what makes our culture less you know, rude or more acceptable than some other culture. And you just like, you just kind of like let go and like sort of give yourself to it. I feel like yeah. even if you don't love it, you just kind of have the experience and you're like, wow, that, that was wild or insane or cool. And just like then bringing that back here and you sort of realize some things aren't, aren't as different as you think they are. Got to immerse, just get in there. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You got to immerse. Sue, I, I have to tell you this. I told Tommy this yesterday. Did you, did you text her what I told you? No. Oh. So like, I wanted, I wanted the so awkward like, reveal. I wanted the awkward no, reveal. Right now. No, so, um, no, so I, I said to him, I said, you know, I don't, I don't really like geek out like very often about like the podcast guests or whatever. And he knows this, like, I know a lot of people and like, I don't really get nervous about meeting people or whatever, but I was like, I was like, honestly, like I'm kind of geeking out about Sue and Megan. And I was telling him that, um, like there was like two or three of us when I was like a freshman at Duke, like through high school, freshman at Duke, that we had your, um, we had your poster on our walls. Um, (laughs) I think I had, I think my freshman year, I had a poster of you. You had just gotten drafted in Seattle, I think. And it was a poster of you. I had it in my freshman dorm. And then like a couple buddies that were still in high school had it. Like we just, I don't know. We love, we just loved you. It was great. It was great. <laughs> Thanks, so, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. I, I wanted to ask you guys, like, this is a question for both of you guys, because you guys have been uh, such influential and powerful uh, female athletes. And first of all, when did you sort of realize that you had that power? And secondly, like, how often do you think about that legacy that you're creating right now and inspire, inspiring the next generation? Like me. I don't think I realized it until recently, to be honest. What's unique about playing as long as I have is that I've really experienced like from a female athlete perspective, like how different things are from when I first got drafted to now. And I mean, dramatically different, you know? So I, I see it in some, I see it in Megan. I see it in some of the, the my younger teammates, just like the things they say that their expectations, like, of course, we're going to push the envelope. When I first came into the league, you just kind of like fell in line with everybody else. And that's just, you kind of just did whatever it was they were telling you to do. You never questioned it. So I really didn't like fully grasp it. It's almost like a total mindset change until fairly recently. But with that, at the same time, just like as a basketball player, I would say four years ago, five years ago, we, um, we started this rebuild with the storm. So we had been really successful for a long time. And then it was like rebuild. And I was the, the, like the last player standing, so to speak. And we drafted these two young players, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart. That was when I realized like, Oh, I can really kind of like leave my fingerprints all over them, all over this franchise. And that's when the legacy became started to like creep in as more important than winning. Cause for so long, all I cared about, as long as I win, as long as I'm a winner, no one can ever argue with that. No one can tell me different. Like I'm good. And that's all that matters in your legacy. And it's actually, I mean, even though with Kobe Bryant's passing, like a lot of his quotes have come out, you know, more and more people obviously talking about it more, but there was one thing that he said that I remember when, when he said it and he was like, yeah, there's going to be another MVP that quote. He's like, there's going to be another scoring you know, champion, another MVP, but it's like what the mark you leave in other ways. And I was like, yes, 
that makes sense to me. And that's when, from like a basketball player standpoint, I started to focus on it. So it was probably, yeah, probably when those guys got drafted. So a couple of years ago. I think for me, it, it happened a little bit differently because I had the unique experience of basically, I mean, we have a, a league now. It's been, I think we're about to go in our eighth year. Um, we've had one before, but like our stability has been with the national team. So we have like the unique experience of essentially playing in like a one team league that, <laughs> that represents America all the time. So we have like sort of that benefit and we travel all around the country and it's like, everyone can just hop on our bandwagon and sort of cheer for us. So I think like early on in my career, I kind of realized that a little bit. And I think we're also sort of coming, you know, especially me, I think it was, you know, you were in the league before this, but where athletes voices like are more sought after and it is more important and we're putting more emphasis and it's becoming more important and sort of more socially acceptable for athletes to speak out. And we're actually kind of at the point now where it's like, if you're not speaking out, then you're sort of saying something. And so I think with all of like the, the fights that we've had, I think our team sort of knew that kind of early of like, wow, we have this platform where it's not just one franchise or one league or one team. We're kind of representing America all the time, not only domestically, but then kind of on the global stage. And I think just gaining that kind of confidence early. And now we're getting, you know, in, like I said, into the era where athletes are more, more willing to speak up and we're encouraging them more. And so I think like having that confidence for all of us to just like dive in to all these issues. And I also think kind of what you're saying about like, what else are you doing other than your sport? Like we're all like just normal people at the end yeah. of the day. So whether, you know, we play basketball or you guys play basketball, I play soccer and whatever it is, like you still have, you know, other hours in your day where you're, where you're doing stuff where you can affect things. You have other things that you're interested in. So I think for me, the legacy part comes in, like, I don't really think about it too much. I know I, you know, make a lot of people mad. So I, I suppose my legacy is doing fine. I feel like as long as I keep stirring the pot, everything, um, will be fine. Yeah. But, but just kind of realizing like the power and how much support that we have all of the time. I think oftentimes when you're sort of making that decision, do I speak out or not? You always think of like, what am I going to lose? But I kind of like flipped that on its head and was like, well, what can we gain and how many other people are feeling like this and who can we inspire? Who can we sort of, you know, lend our platform to? I actually, I was going to ask you, Megan, like how much do you and your national team teammates talk about messaging or is like, there's a few of you that are just kind of going rogue or is this, is this like, we're going to, we're going to have a clear message of what we're after. It, now we definitely have a very clear message. Um, I would say the last like three, four years, kind of since 2015, after that world cup, win, we were kind of like, okay, as a players association, we just were not like locked in and organized the way that we needed to be. So as that's sort of become more robust, we have like very clear messaging now and kind of like not a hierarchy, but like a leadership structure now. And we have like help with our media and how we want to phrase things. And I think now it's like super solid and we've kind of empowered different people in different positions. Like some of our most powerful players are, you know, never in the media, never say anything, but like within the team and sort of like within whether we're negotiating or this lawsuit or whatever, they're kind of the driving voices. And then we've sort of identified like, okay, like who's most powerful in the media, who's going to make the most splash, who says things the right way. Um, and who's willing to like step out there and say it. So I feel like, you know, I talk a lot in the media or Alex talks a lot in the media, but sure. like we're sort of all speaking on behalf of 
of everyone. I mean, not everything I say, sometimes I drag them along with me, but, <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, we're sort of lockstep. And then we're like, okay, these are the people that are going to be most impactful. As, as I've gotten older in my career, I just want to piggyback something Sue said, but as I've gotten older in my career, it's not that I value winning any less, but I've learned to value other things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like college at Duke or early in my MBA career, like it's literally all I thought about. And I would measure everything against that. And so it became, oh, if I don't win an NBA championship, or I didn't win a college championship, then my legacy isn't meaningful and I'm not leaving an impact or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know, this, this mentoring thing has become yeah. like really, really important for me. And the last three years, my two years in Philly and this, this year in New Orleans, it's, it's been like incredibly rewarding. And it's not, I say this people all the time, like, it's not like I want credit for it because I don't, it's just like, I actually enjoy it. And I re, like, for me, the greatest joy is going to be like, if Nikhil Alexander Walker in five or six years is an all-star, I'm going to be, I, I hope my name never gets mentioned, but I would be the happiest person yeah, if, yeah. if that happens. You know what I mean? That, totally. and that So it becomes like, I don't know, that, that's where the value is created a little differently as you get older. Yeah. I think I, it's like I your kids. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, really, yeah. yeah. Like, I know yeah. <laughs> some of them are young enough. Yeah. yeah. But like early on in my career, like I've been lucky to play on the national team. We've, we've been very successful and you know, it's like after you win, you're kind of like, I mean, it's great. Of course it's going to be, you know, part of, you know, history and whatever, but then you do like, just go back to work and you do like, you are then around the same people and then you are like kind of doing the exact same thing. So it's, it's not like, it doesn't mean anything. Of course it does. And that's like your goal every season is to win and do the best that you can. But I feel like for me, I kind of realized that after winning, I'm kind of like, okay, there's a lot more to this than just that. that you put everything in that, then you get there and you're like, well, but the two of you have both won so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's not that important. I've won everything there is to win, but, uh, multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. Multiple times. Did you you guys, did you guys have uh, mentors yourself when you were coming up that, that were like, like to JJ's point that were like particularly impactful? I didn't have, I didn't have a teammate on the national team when I was super young. Like when I just joined, I was like 21. There were some older players that would give me like Don Staley was one. Cheryl swoops was, was actually really the one who kind of came up to me and gave me the old, like you're here for a reason. Like stop acting like, you know, like stop acting like, you know, like looking at us like this, like you're here for a reason, start playing like it. And I was like, yeah. okay. Um, but my, I think the person that helped me the most in my career was an assistant coach for the storm for like many years, she was our head coach for two or three years. Sadly, she got fired, but she's actually an assistant with the Mavs now, Jenny Busek. So like, that's someone who she came to the storm when I was 22 as an assistant, as an assistant, then was the head coach. So worked with her till I was like in my mid thirties. So that entire time. And she's like, kind of like my truth serum. Like I kind of need like that voice every now and then to be like, maybe you're in like a little bit of a rut, you know? And she's the one who's like, you're good. You're going to be fine. And you're like, okay, I believe you. Cause I know you don't lie to me or, you know, it's something else like, Hey, you need to fix your attitude, whatever it was. She's kind of like that truth serum for me. So that's definitely the person throughout my career that I like helped me a ton. Yeah. I feel like I have one Christine Lilly. I, I didn't stay with her on the national team for very long, but we kind of overlapped. It was like maybe a year and a half or something. 
and she was just like so low key and and like relaxed about everything kind of the same of what Cheryl did it's kind of like chill out like I know you had posters of me like on your wall when you were growing up but now we're on the same team so we have to like do this thing together but I'll never forget she she basically it was like during a fitness test or something and that was always something that I like stressed about and she kind of just looked at me and was like it's just as hard for me as it is for you and everyone else and I was kind of like you're not special. Yeah. You're not special. Like it's not harder for you. Like everyone has to put in the work and everyone has to, you know, like kind of dig deep and find that within themselves. But she was just like, and she knew she was kind of on like, you know, the end of her career. And she, you know, she sort of took a few of us under her wing and kind of like made the transition a little bit easier. Yeah. Who's yours, JJ? Who's yours? My mentors. We already know uh, who was for, on your wall. To, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From afar. I, didn't, I think, honestly, I think it was like you and, and do you guys remember Larry Johnson M&M? for the, oh. for the Hornets? Do I remember? Like, no, you mean for the Knicks. So this is when I was a kid, kid. Larry Johnson, this guy? Larry yeah, Johnson. LJ. LJ. Yeah, for the Knicks. Yeah. No, but when he was like, first came out, Grandma Ma, they had yeah, those, yeah, uh, I think they were yeah, the Con posters. Or the no, Converse, Converse, yeah, Converse, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had his posters on. I didn't have a lot of posters on my, my Sue. wall. <laughs> Sue, Sue, Larry and Sue. Sue. I actually, <laughs> so, no, so I actually have a, a JJ story myself. So it was wherever, when, whatever year the All Star Game was in New York. Did, were yeah. you in the three point contest that year? Yes, I was. Yeah. yeah so we had. I was in like the skills challenge. Okay. Um, and I was, we were in like a room, they were going to give us like, you know, they're like, Oh, you have to come in this room. They give us like the logistics, like, Oh, this is when this will happen, blah, blah. And you were like sitting a couple rows ahead. And like on the, when we were going to get up, I was like, Oh, I was with swing cash. Actually, ironically, I know she worked with you and yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go introduce myself to JJ. Like I've never met him. Uh-oh. And Chris Paul was kind of like sitting with us and he was like, no, no, no. You don't want to bother JJ right now. He's like really serious about this three point <laughs> contest. Like he's really focused. And like, I think this was just, I think this was by accident, but when you stood up, you had a very serious look on your face. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. <laughs> he was like, JJ has been preparing for this. He's oh. very serious. I don't think you want to, I was like, okay, I'll wait another time. So I'm oh, glad man. we finally got this moment. Actually, you know what? If you had said something to me, I probably would have loosened up. That was, I think yeah. that was the year that I set the record for most made long twos in a three-point contest. <laughs> At least they went in. I did a three-point yeah. contest. None of them went in. It's it the awesome. hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Ugh. It is the I just started laughing halfway through. I was like, this is so bad. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> it was in Seattle. Oh, it was one it was Seattle. a Seattle All-Star game too. Oh, yeah, Wait, terrible. Sue, do you do you have a uh I don't think I've ever asked you this. Do you have a pregame routine? There's no like bells and whistles to it. Nothing there's Megan, do you do you? The thing is, I feel like I get asked this a lot. I'm I'm curious if you guys feel the same way, but like I don't, I'm not superstitious, but I literally do the exact same thing every day in the, because it's just like certain things have to get done. I want to eat by a certain time. You know, I don't want to like, you know, be eating curry for lunch before a game or something, but I'm like not superstitious, but it just ends up that the exact same thing happens every single game. One year. It's a checklist is what it is. Yeah. It's it's not, it's not superstition, but it's a checklist Mm -hmm. because when you check those things off, you're like, I control that. I control that. I control that. And then the game starts and you're like, I have no fucking control over what's about to happen. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, we we have to be there like a long time before the game. We're there like, you know, an hour before we go out for warmups and there's all this time. So I just kind of like plot my way through. I'm like, I got to get dressed. Got to take my jewelry off. Got to, you know, Get a snack. Gotta do my stretching. Gotta take my ankle. Like all these different things. 
Take do you do you at this point because you've played in so many big games? I mean, both of you have. But do you feel like did you feel any level of stress about the championship that you wouldn't have with like a game three weeks earlier? Like, do you feel the moment at all or no? I think you do. Yeah, but it's actually kind of what JJ just said. Like, you have this checklist that you've been doing. So you once you do like it. check all these boxes, you feel prepared. You feel ready. It's not like they're going to throw anything new at you, but like, obviously it's a bigger moment. So you might be like, might have to plug this in a little bit more nerves, but I get excited for those moments. Like I'm not someone who like loves practice. So when I do actually get to like play in the game, especially if you've like made it to the big game, (laughs) like I work hard, but like, I don't love practice, especially, you know, in comparison to the game. No, you're a total gamer. So like once I get to the games, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is so different like that. thousand people. This is going to be my show. (laughs) We're so different like that. She'll be like, Hey, it's, it's game one of the finals. You excited? I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't know. I'm like, oh, your season's about to start. Are you excited? I'm like, I guess. I don't know. And she's yeah, like, love raring to go yeah, all games. the time for games. Yeah, games are, that's I feel like I feel like you get being in the moment. To me, doesn't happen until you're the game is like either getting ready to start or starting, and you feel the energy in the crowd. Yeah, because there's nothing like actually different about the game to me. Yeah, like right. you've done all the things. You're playing against the same players. It's not like you're playing against the monsters when they stole all the people's <laughs> talent. Yeah. Like you're playing against the same guys. But then when sometimes like you get out there and you're like, Oh, the energy, like for us, the energy in the building like, is completely it. different. Yeah. different. Yeah. I know that's yeah. what makes playoffs so, different. Yeah, for sure. That's like, like, Philly, yeah. Philly, the Philly crowds, the, my last two years, the Philly crowds in the playoffs were nuts. Like that really? was the best that I've, yeah. I mean, I guess we're not playing not Orlando. we played yeah. the finals. But yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that, that was crazy. great. It felt different for sure. I was at like, uh, I, what's the restaurant? There's like a very, Oh my God. Del Frisco's. I was at Del Frisco's in Philadelphia, like the night before the Eagles were playing and they're playing the Vikings. And it was like, even the energy in there, I was like, this game's about to be crazy tomorrow. <laughs> it was like people had their jerseys on. I was like, what the hell is going on? Charles Barkley was there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is insane. Like, this game's going to be nuts. So Philly. Only in Philly. Only in Philly. Wild there. Do you guys, not to, not to bring back a downer Corona question. But do you think you could play a game without fans? I think for basketball, because it's indoor, it would be, it would be so one year overseas, we were like getting ready for this like huge final four tournament for Euro league, whatever, whatever. And we knew where we were going. It was going to be loud. Cause a lot of the gyms are smaller and it's like standing room only. So the places are like crazy loud. And so our coach did like crowd noise. And I got to admit, like, and we were just practicing. It was like, it wasn't so bad. It's like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's noise. It's loud. So as long as you have that for basketball, I think you'll just kind of get lost in the game. Will it be weird? Yeah. Like, of course, but like, whatever. I think as long if it's on TV, think, that's all we want anyways. I think what they need to do, start modeling this out right now to do AI powered crowd noise. So you can go with the momentum of the crowd. Cause otherwise it's good. You know, you're going to like computer it's learn like, a, like a home game yeah. versus an away game. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. I love I that. Guess, but maybe that's part of the advantage. You just have a guy who can like push the button, you know, but it's gotta be, they got to model it out. So where it's, it's not someone, but it's like, then it becomes, I'm saying it becomes part of the advantage. Like who has the better guy? I know. Like the one that played uh, defense at the right time. Adam, the one on it. AI is really good. <laughs> they, what's what's the thing they're trying to do now? I think in the NBA, it's like keep the entire 
both teams and game operations under 50 people. Yeah. So if they get to like, we can do it with 49, it could get like one dude and it could be tryouts. Yeah. Every yeah. home team gets one guy <laughs> just to be a maniac, sit front yeah. court and just be a maniac. I actually, like, I think it will become like the new normal. Like I think by game three or four, you're just like, whatever. Yeah. It's normal yeah. now. Like, and obviously we'll want to play with fans. I mean, I want to play with fans every game, but it, it's likely that we're not going to play with fans for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually am most curious to see what the experience is like watching the game on television with no fans and how that like visually how it looks and just like how into it you can really be watching a game with no fans. It's almost like watching. I know. Like, that's why you need the guy. Yeah. It's like, is the camera (laughs) angle going to change? I don't know. Did you guys know that? Like, I think ESPN started like, no, it's it's going arenas higher. Oh, I thought they started like doing this other angle in NBA games this year. And it drove me nuts. I saw that. It was like, too far away. It. They were like going like higher. But you or can something. see everything. No, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what's, I don't need to see everything. I love the angle that I'm used to. They'll definitely do like, <laughs> like what Staples Center does, right? Where it's kind of like the spotlight, like a stage lighting. Hmm. So they'll just like yeah. drown yeah. out yeah. that backlit. But we'll, Maybe you guys we'll, should do it at your practice facilities. But wouldn't that throw you off as a shooter? I think they're talking about that actually. Oh really? They're, yeah. As well, a shooter? Like no. maybe G League, like the G League sites. Oh, okay. So they're, they're yeah, the smaller. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah I don't think, I don't think we're going to play game. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything. Nobody does anything, but I don't think yeah, we're going to play guessing. games at like yeah. arenas. Yeah. Can I tell you guys okay. my idea, which might be a terrible one, but you can tell me if it's bad. So okay. the NBA needs to have a champion. They need to have like some sort of closure on this season, but obviously mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get to a place where you can play whatever. How many games were left? Like 25 games or whatever it was like 18. Yeah. You're not going to get to that point. So I think they should in July or at some point over the summer, they should pick a random high school gym in the middle of the country, like the Hoosiers gym, whatever that is, like pick a place in Indiana, send all the teams there, quarantine, Quarantine. basically everybody, every team and player ops and da 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 gym fits nobody. And it doesn't matter if there are no fans and basically do a March madness tournament, single single elimination. Top two teams, so Lakers and Bucks get a bye, so they don't have, they don't have a play in. Okay, three three plays thirty. Everyone has a chance, and so like this would give a team a team that wasn't in the playoffs, the Pelicans, for example, who have this great roster. The Pelicans get hot. Pelicans can win a championship. You got to win. You got to win five games or whatever. Does that's it? Maybe uh, maybe Clay Thompson comes back now. Maybe KD plays. Maybe Clay plays. Maybe KD plays. Maybe KD. He's only only playing five games. If you get to the finals, those two teams, do they play a series or it's still just single elimination? I think it's like March Madness. I think everything's single elimination. Go one game. The ratings would be six. I'm going to poke one hole in this idea. (laughs) The idea that you could quarantine. 450 NBA players <laughs> and none of those guys in a random city and none of those guys are going to fly in road work. It's not happening. That's the hard part. The quarantine is going to be the hard way. part. <laughs> they will figure out so, way. All right. So here's my counter. Here's my counter to that hole. Cause that's a fair that note. One Spanish soccer players in like jail right now. Cause he just crept out to go see his girlfriend. <laughs> Okay, so you so you pick a gym in Oklahoma, you call in the National Guard, you have the patrol <laughs> around, around the martial gym. law on the NBA. No one is allowed. No one is allowed who does not have a certain badge is allowed in this area, no matter 